Welcome and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Infinite Web Chat with your hosts and web marketing specialists, Amy Delarty and Leanne Holmberg. Hi and welcome to episode three. This is Amy Delarty and Leanne Holmberg. And last week in episode two, we talked about Google paid advertising. In this week's episode, we're going to be chatting about social media. Leanne, you want to say hi to everyone? Hey, everybody. Good to talk to you again. So bear with me because I might be a little frazzled because getting on this podcast, I was technologically challenged today, and I'm sure most of our listeners can relate to that at some point in time. So hoping that I don't seem too frazzled. Again, we're going to talk about not all things social media because there's quite a bit to talk about there, and we're trying to keep our segments to 30 minutes in digestible information. So uh, let's get into talking about our topic today. And Leanne, do you want to get started? Sure. Um, Today we're going to um, talk about social media. Like Amy mentioned last week, we covered uh, Google advertising and uh, search engine marketing, and we thought it would be nice to kind of talk at a high level on all levels of social media. You'd be surprised. We see all levels of of social media experience when our clients come to us from clients that don't use social media at all to people that know how to use it personally um, but not know how to apply it to their business to those that do have a good following and know what they want but don't know how to increase and grow and beyond. So this way, we we kind of want to give a high-level overview of some of the major social media platforms, give a few tips for posting to each. Gosh, there's so many. I mean, Wikipedia lists that there's over 200 social media networks, and it's growing. So we're going to pick some of the top players that we all know and are familiar with. At our agency, we suggest picking platforms that you can keep up with rather than signing up for all of them and then managing none of them. So if you're just getting started or you're feeling overwhelmed, we suggest that you look at what best suits your business and then honestly look at what speaks to you and what you're willing to keep up with in your business. Or, you know, in our case, if you want to have somebody manage your social media networks on your behalf, what you're willing and want to collaborate with, and then where you want to grow to. So let's just give a brief definition of what social media marketing is and what it means to us, because I think that term is thrown around quite often these days, and it's you know, if people aren't sure if it's paid, if it's organic, and, you know, why don't we give a little definition about social media marketing before we, we get into some of the meat and potatoes here. You bet. And I am going to borrow a definition from Neil Patel, who is the co-founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and Kiss Metrics. He also helps companies the likes of Amazon, GM, and Viacom, NBC, uh, grow their revenue. So he defines social media marketing as the process of creating content that is tailored to the context of each individual social media platform in order to drive user engagement and sharing. Notice I didn't say selling in there at all. That's right, yeah. So the, that leads right into the what we should talk about first, which is content and what are we sharing and how are we going to be engaging with our our audience. And 
So uh, I have a few that I can name, and then uh, and then you can name some as well. But you know, I like personally when I'm looking at other people's social media. I like it when I see tips or tricks, industry related. You know, whether it's hair or even you know network marketing. I love when other network marketing companies post tips and tricks. I like to see what the trending you know people are talking about and have to say about trending topics as well. And I certainly love inspirational posts. So just something to, you know, a little pick-me-up for my day or if I'm having a frustrated, technologically challenged day, you know, just a little inspiration or um, a sense of humor, you know, something funny. So it's not always business-related. Leanne, do you have other ideas for content? Sure. Uh, I always like to ask questions. So when I'm posing questions, I try to think about uh, how can I get customer input, you know, whether it is on something social or it's an aspect of my business that, you know, or our client's business that we'd like to see them uh, develop more or optimize. Uh, So we can ask questions and get input. We can ask what their pain points are, what they're struggling with, so then we can learn how to help them or how to give them the right information. We can also ask them to share that you know, and you know, when we say share in social media, a lot of times we mean like forward something on, but we can ask them to share um, their personal experiences. So we have a client that we work with that does events, and a lot of times we, we will ask their customers to post about their event, you know, a, a specific picture at the event or, or their experience of the event. So that's a good, fun way to get some personal interaction going. Another popular thing that we like to do to uh, increase engagement and increase following is to run contests. We can ask people to engage. We can ask them to grow, like, and follow our social media accounts. And and then we can give them, you know, give them incentive by giving something back. And then there's always kind of right in line with what you said, the tips and tricks, the value-added content, giving the customer something that will show off your expertise your knowledge, so that when they do need you, you're going to be the person they remember. Oh, yeah, I remember I saw that company online. Let me go back and look. And and you'll stay that way a, a lot more than if you are pushing that sale um, when it's time to be social. Yeah, I like to use the rule of thumb 70-30. I don't know if you feel the same way, but... You know, 70% of posts should be the tips and tricks or, you know, something inspirational or little humor information-based versus just selling. And if you really have to, you know, push a product or service, 30% of the time you should be posting about that. So I don't know if you agree with that or not, what, you you know, your rule of thumb is. Yeah, you know, and I think it is easy. I'm I'm in that same area. You know, I kind of am closer to the 80-20 rule, uh, which, you know, we talk about that in our business a lot. But, but yeah, I think that you definitely can. And I think that when we're talking about all those above pieces of content, um, you, a lot of that will do that for you. So it, you can add a call to action in some of those. But I think if you pepper in that sales piece, then we're, we're right there. And people will then take action when you're when they're ready. Right. So w- whether that's purchase something or consult with you or make an appointment, Book, you know, book a consultation, whatever we need them to do. Well, and it's not just about posting, too. It's, it's you know, you don't just schedule something or post something and then forget it and not ever check back because 
you know, you want to you want to be actually social on it. And the more authentic you can be, I think the more successful you are with social media marketing. And Absolutely. so being social means responding to comments if people post comments good or bad. You know, just don't take the accolades and, and hope that the negative goes away. You have to respond either way. And again, you know, be human. Don't sound like it's a canned response and it doesn't have to be so polished, professional. I mean, yeah, look for spelling errors and make sure things are grammatically correct. But, you know, you can have more of that first-person voice, you know, and interact, interact with the customers and share their stuff on your social media. You know, I always say, do unto others as you want done to you. So if you want followers, start following people. If you want more comments, have, you know, start commenting on, on other people's social media as well and be a participant in, in what you want. I couldn't agree more. And, and just two quick things that I would, would add to that. One of the the health and wellness pages that I follow, one of the things they do that I really enjoy is that when somebody uh, on Facebook will leave them a review, they share that to their page and they thank the customer directly for the review and then they put it right there in their public feed. So that's a part of their social media interaction is when somebody comes along and, and says, hey, we think you're doing a good job, or even if they're not, then they'll address that. They still share it, and they'll address whatever the issue is. And I, and I love seeing that because it makes them very transparent, and it shows how they like to engage with their customers. And the second thing is when I see when clients share or customers share your content or other businesses share your content, if you will go back into where they have shared that and and if their privacy settings allow, like, and then comment, even something as simple as just saying, hey, thanks for sharing, that goes such a long way. It shows that as a business you are paying attention and and that they're valued, you know, that, that you appreciate them taking that time to do that, even, even if that's not their intention. A lot of times what I see people sharing are those things that you talked about, like the inspirational quotes or some other content, but but taking that time, that will make them remember you when they need your service. Well, it, interesting enough, my daughter does horse riding at a farm, and the farm owners posted something on their social media about summer camps coming up. And I wanted to share that post. When I went to share it, it didn't have the share button on it. So I wrote in the comments, you know, can you change your privacy settings so that I can share this on your behalf? And they ended up changing the privacy settings so that I can share it. And then I, when I did go to share that post in a mom's group local to the town where I live, another mom said, hey, thanks for sharing very helpful information. So that's just a firsthand experience um, personal. You know, it's not even business related. It is on the receiver's end. But for my end, it was just me, you know, wanting to share this information and get it out to other moms who are looking to fill their summer activities for their kids. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with posting a comment, hey, can you expose this or open up the privacy settings so that I can share this on your behalf. I agree, that, and that's yeah. awesome. So uh, frequency, how, you know, how much is too much? How, how you know, I get this, asked, this question asked all the time, how much should I be posting and I know different platforms are going to have different, you know, basic rules of thumb, but 
let's talk a little bit about frequency of posting. Sure, and you're right on target. I mean, every platform has its own um, kind of standard, but balance here is a key as well. And you know, if you post too infrequently, people are going to forget you. If you post too often, you're going to overcrowd their feed and they'll unfollow you. And we've experienced this with clients on both ends of the spectrum, and, and there really is a good balance to it. And, and you don't want to shove it all down their throat or, you know, especially the sales piece of it because they'll just walk away. If if you're, if they're having to scroll past multiple posts from you, they'll be done. But if they don't see you enough to have your information stick, then they'll just forget that you're there, you know, and they'll think, oh, I, I wish, you know, who was that person? They won't recall who you are. And let's talk about hashtags. <laughs> sometimes the fun, sometimes the dreaded hashtags. <laughs> yeah, so hashtags are a very common practice now. Um, they're used to add meta information on almost all social media channels. We have seen the dreaded, which would be just the stuffed overuse all the time. And um, and we try to encourage people and show them how to use them in a balanced fashion as well, um, you know, with just enough. So that's perfect, and we'll probably get into a little bit more hashtag-specific tips when we talk about the different social media platforms that we're going to discuss today. Like you said, there's well over 200, so we're just going to give some highlights on the top popular ones. Let's start with Twitter. You know, Twitter has tweets that are restricted to 140 characters. I think most people know that already. Does that do those characters include hashtags, Leanne, and they the do. handle still? Yes, they yeah. do. And so take that into consideration when you're when you're crafting your tweet of 140 characters. Again, that's why people use Bitly or small links if you're linking somewhere, so that that is also uh, not taking up 140 characters as well. What else? Uh, let's talk. Well, how many times a day should we? maybe be posting to Twitter or, or what, what do other people do? <laughs> That's kind of a greatly debated one with Twitter. Uh, you know, one thing I'll say about Twitter is it's really a great resource to see what's trending and what people are talking about. When you go to what's trending in your Twitter feed, uh, if you're you know on your computer, you can see that on the, the far left-hand side. If you're on your mobile, there's a tab at the bottom. But it tells you kind of what everybody is is talking about, and that can be a good source for you um, if you are crafting a post for that day so that you can be relevant and be on top of, of whatever's happening. As far as posting, it really is, you know, there are things that, that say post once a day to Twitter all the way to 100. Um, it really is. It, Twitter has a very short shelf life. The rule of thumb I would give would be between about three to 30 times a day. I know that sounds like a lot. There are a ton of tools where you can pre-queue up content. I would not suggest sending 30 tweets all at once or retweeting 30 tweets all at once to fill your quota for the day. It needs to be spaced out. When I say it has a short shelf life, that's because there's so many other users tweeting and it gets lost in people's stream. So you want to balance that out through the day. So do we have any tips or any hashtag tips for Twitter? You bet. So uh, Twitter does use hashtags. As we mentioned before, it goes into your 140 characters, so we would suggest to use them but not overuse them. One of the tips that I have is to take the time to go back, like we talked about earlier, take the time to go back and like, um, which is a little heart, 
if you're looking in their tw- Twitter stream, uh, like things that people have where they've mentioned you or like things that you find relevant or re- retweet them. Or if somebody has tweeted at you or mentioned you in a, in a comment, be sure to respond. Again, people will remember you. You start to to develop a Twitter tribe of people who will retweet on your behalf or like or help grow your reach when it becomes a recipro- reciprocal thing. Perfect. So that's that's going we're going to wrap up Twitter because we have some other platforms and I I don't want to take too long. We can always dive in deeper. So if uh if you have our listeners have questions specific, you know, you can always post comments in our blog or reach out to us on social media and ask your questions. We would be happy, more than happy to to answer them. So let's move right into LinkedIn, which has over 400 million 400 million users. People are there to see what's new in their industry or who's hiring. Um, it's a nice repository of a resume for yourself. Also, following other other trends that are maybe work related, and you know, staying up to speed with that. So, how many times a, a day would you suggest posting on LinkedIn? So LinkedIn is definitely more business-driven. I have started to see a trend where it's not as, I guess it's easing up a little, uh, but but not a lot. You know, it's still very much business-related. So on LinkedIn, you know, you just need to post a couple times a week. At the very most, I would say once a day. This isn't something where you really want to fill your feed. This is more about connecting with like-minded businesses, like-minded business professionals, and and growing your uh, business network. So the time that you spend on LinkedIn is not as much posting as it is perusing or taking the time to keep your profile updated and fresh. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So hashtags are not used on LinkedIn. Um, if you use them, then they don't. The meta doesn't grab there, so they're kind of filler space, and it can be somewhat annoying there. But, yeah, it really is about connecting. Um, so keeping your profile up to date, it's like an online portfolio. So if you have completed something, a project, or, you know, in our our realm of when we complete websites or things like that, we can put them there. And also it's about helping grow your network, and, and they'll help grow you. So there's a really simple way on LinkedIn. If I give, gave one tip here, it would be take a few minutes you know, each week, set aside some time, go on there, see who you can connect with, and then there's a place where you can endorse your connections. So you'll get a notification that says you know, you're now connected with so-and-so. Go into their profile, take a look, and under their endorsements, endorse them for a few skills. Usually they'll come back and do the same. And as those endorsements fill up, then that what that does for LinkedIn is it tells us that you should be at the top, so they start suggesting you more. And so I would really, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time or effort or energy. It kind of solidifies your connection with that new person, and it will help both of you in the long run. So moving on from LinkedIn, those were all great tips, so thank you for your um, value add there as well. Let me ask you this. We're going to talk about Pinterest. <laughs> How many users are on Pinterest? Do you know? Yes. So there are over 100 million users, and 85% of those users are female. So oh. 
You knew Pinterest. something I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, the way Pinterest is viewed is it's kind of like a digital scrapbook. Or a yeah. time suck, either one. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. For me, anyway. You definitely go down these rabbit holes. Um, and it, a lot of times for me, it's a, like a, my humor break, because I'll start looking at one like humorous post, and then just I'm down a hole, but... You know, even though we say that, we've actually had experience with a client who had a really strong male audience on Pinterest. So please don't rule that out, even though you know we are talking about the, the bulk of their users being female. That doesn't mean that there's not. And that was an automotive part uh, company that we were working with, and, and they had a great audience on Pinterest. So there is definitely a male base who is there and, and that you can be targeted, but um, most of most of them are female, So, and there's tons of great information on there. Are we using hashtags on Pinterest? You know what? Um, it, Pinterest did not use to use hashtags, and they now do. They're using them for, for search purposes. They've added them on, and that's something that's, that's just recently changed with, with them. So you can. Again, I would suggest not overfilling your feed, but pick a couple relevant hashtags on our team when we're using them. A lot of times we'll use them for the names of our boards, which helps with the search as well. You know, as far as how many times to, to pin per day, you know, the, the sweet spot is around three times a day. You can pin up to 30 times a day. I would suggest if you're pinning that much that you have fantastic content so that you're not making people walk away. You know, if, if you're in an industry or, you know, in a business that really is visually driven and you can handle that capacity, then I think that's great. But, but typically what I'm saying is around three to five or seven. I have a tip that I'm going to share, and then I'll open it up for you to share any tips that you have. But sometimes I'll see people that, you know, they're more – used to using Pinterest for personal and, like, shopping around and looking at stuff. Uh, Not shopping as in buying, but, you know, just kind of poking around and getting inspired or whatever. But when you're using it for business purposes or, you know, trying trying to build a following, you really shouldn't just post something to Pinterest that dead ends people. Meaning if I'm on, I have a picture on my phone and I want to pin it, if I want people to, to, you know, to engage with that photo, I'm going to want to post it to my website, you know, maybe attach an article or submit more information about it, and then pin that. Um, I, I don't know if I'm making sense about the way that I'm, that I'm explaining it, but oftentimes I will find that, you know, people newly posting for business to Pinterest, they will just think that they just pin a, you know, or post a picture and it really needs to be a little bit more thought out so that you're leading your traffic back to your web so that people can learn a little bit more about you than just looking at the picture that you posted. I think that's great. And and to give just a personal side of that, you know, when I'm online looking at things to shop for myself, I'll find like an article of clothing and if I really like it and I think I want to go shop and then I click on the picture and see it's just a picture and, and then it's a dead end just like you said. It's somewhat frustrating because I work online. I know some some tips to get around that. But but if 
it is somebody looking to shop or do business with you and they can't get to you, they they get stopped at your picture, most likely they're going to move on to the next similar picture or similar thing if they if they don't see a clear-cut way to get to you, get more information. So that's either information in the post or clicking to your website like Amy mentioned. Do you have any other tips? or? Yes. We- so one of the, the ways that I find pinning is a lot easier is that um, almost all browsers have a, a pinning extension, a browser button that you can add to your website browser so that it's right there in the bar at the top. And so when you are on your website, you can pin directly from your website. This is something that we do a lot. We can just click on an image, and then it automatically directs them right back to our URL. So whatever URL, if it's if it's our business specifically or if it's one of our clients, if we pin from the web page, then then it avoids what Amy mentioned, that dead end. I also want to make mention that when people are using Pinterest or you're choosing to use Pinterest as a platform to reach your target audience, it really is your target audience is expecting what you're posting to be more visual-based versus copy-heavy and lengthy posts. So uh, we didn't say that when we first started talking about Pinterest, but I think it's, it's uh, important to know that and rule Pinterest out if that's not really what it's going to work for your business and and your target audience that you're looking to attract. Yes, I agree. So let's move on to Facebook. <laughs> All right. They have the, I think, the most. Do they have the most users? Well, I, I, I'm not going to guarantee that, but they have more active users than China has people. So they have approximately 1.39 billion users wow. and growing. So I, I believe so. And that's more friendly to um, multimedia, right? So it's images, it can be just copy, it could be links, it could be videos, it can post full photo albums. So some of these other platforms are a little more limiting. You know, Facebook is a little bit more all-inclusive of a lot of different media, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, yes. And it continues to grow, so they are always tweaking what that looks like. Now you can you can go live in your Facebook Messenger. There are li- you can go live on your Facebook page. So there are lots of different opportunities and they like to, to continue to change that up too. Yes, they do, which is why we love our job. It's job security <laughs> for us because people hire us. They get so frustrated with uh, trying to keep up with the trends. Um, But, you know, having said that, they make it a little more challenging for professionals to do that, and it has to be more of a collaborative thing, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But how many times would you say that people should target to post a day on Facebook? You know, again, there is, you can look online and see all kinds of recommendations. We really suggest that you're posting one to two times a day and not a whole lot more than that mostly because what we talked about at the beginning of the call, like having some balance and not overfilling people's feeds. You know, users typically will go in and scroll through Facebook at at certain intervals during the day, and they don't need to be over-inundated with just your stuff, but having it there for them to see is really important. 
Nothing frustrates me more than when they triple or, you know, quadruple post like all in a row. It makes me feel like I'm on their their profile or their page and I accidentally clicked into it because then I see all of these multiple posts at once and then I get frustrated and oftentimes will unfollow. So you don't you don't want to do that especially if you're trying to build your following. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what we see a lot of people do and and we have a, have had experience with with clients who insist upon that and then are frustrated when people are walking away or not responding the way that they anticipated or if they're doing hard sales. So it it really is important to to keep it balanced and not overdo it. So and speaking of overdoing it. <laughs> Are you going to talk about hashtags? Yes, I am. When that whole hashtag thing started, um, there was hashtag stuffing all over the place, especially on Facebook. So really, and I, I still struggle with clients now who want to put as many as possible in their posts and have to say, listen, you've got to rein back in like this. Again, that's a big turnoff in Facebook. People want content. Facebook will ding you. They won't show you in the feed as much. Using relevant hashtags, consistent hashtags, brand-related, you know, we, we help our clients develop what that is. But, yes, you can use them, but you really it's important not to overuse them. And a lot of times this is where I'll refer over to what I said uh, back to Twitter. Like, I'll look and see what's trending for the day or what, what's going on. And if there's something that's relevant to a business, then that's great. But I, I don't try to force something to work that won't. So, yes, you can use them, but please, please be judicious. And then one other tip that I would have that's really, really important about getting your business page seen in Facebook, there are a ton of tools that will let you pre-schedule your content and I know that this is kind of a pain point and takes a little bit of extra work, but really it's so important that you, if you're going to pre-schedule for Facebook, that you do it within their platform. And there are tools for you to do that where you can you know, schedule it for a future date for your business page, not for your personal post. But um, Facebook rewards you for that, and they actually will ding you if you use another platform like Hootsuite or Buffer um, to send out content. Well, we learned that a couple of years ago with some of our clients. We were using Hootsuite and it wasn't even a really a well-known talked about thing at that point in time. We just happened upon it and got lucky to realize that our posts that we scheduled in Hootsuite were actually getting less reach than the ones that we would post right within Facebook. So it was a happy finding, and then we just sort of went with it and just started scheduling right within Facebook. But that was early, early on before people even really knew that Facebook doesn't look fondly upon third-party software products like Hootsuite and others. Yes. Well, and they do. They have rules and algorithms, and there are a lot of different things that we have to follow, And like Google, are ever-changing that the impact how much you're seeing, you know, and that's engagements and and you doing things the the Facebook way and if you continue to push that or not follow that then then you will start to see a very clear decline in your reach. And so that's something we on our entire team we all try to stay on top of and try to share with each other as we see new things coming up. So last but not least we'll talk about Instagram. Share a few tips and tricks about that. 
You bet. So um, Instagram has actually the highest engagement rate. If you have been on Instagram, you know why. All you have to do is tap, tap, scroll, tap, tap. And when you're scrolling, you're looking at all these images, and the tap, tap is liking the image. takes a couple extra seconds if you want to comment. Um, it is very visually engaging. It really it is and always has been about pictures. They have um, just recently added shorter videos that you can include, but uh, it, it's it's a very visual platform. How many times a day should we be uh, posting on Instagram? Yeah, so we would suggest posting about once a day to Instagram and uh, no more than three times a day. And uh, when you're posting, again, like Facebook, we definitely don't want you to post three times in a row because that will just make people scroll right on past all three. It's so. funny. When, um, when I first started using Instagram, I have two children, teenagers, and I would, they, you know, followed me and I followed them. That was one of the rules for them having an Instagram account. And they were mortified when I post more than once a day. And they were like, Mom, you're breaking the golden rule. Like, what rule? So it's funny. And I always thought, all right, well, they must know. You know, talking to other people, I'm like, well, you're really not supposed to post more than once. And it was funny. They, somebody, parent corrected me and they were, or a friend of mine. And they were like, no, that's just the kids. That's not really a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's well, just and a it's funny tempting. side story of Instagram. Yeah, it is. It is a parent. I mean, it's it's tempting to want to post. Or if you're having an awesome day, you want to share your awesome day. I mean, right. and it's it's as much for me about sharing my experiences so I can go back and reflect on those later right. as it is um, sharing with everybody else. But right. you do have to um, be courteous and remember everybody else or set your account to private, and then you can just put 20 of the same shot on there. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, um, you know what I love, too, though, now that they have those multiple um you can upload multi- multiple pictures. Yes. So yes, you aren't pissing them. people off, and then people can scroll through them. So. Yeah. And uh, right as you say that, I mean, I love doing that. Another really cool trick that Instagram has, you know, we hear about celebrities, like, making up and breaking up and deleting photos, you know, they're erasing each other from the timelines and things like that. There's an archive button now, so um, I'm not in the vein of making up or breaking up, but I had a post on my Instagram that was supporting another business who was having an event, and I always thought about, you know, should I delete that now that this is well and done and it's not really relevant to my page? And then when that archive came out, I thought, man, this is great. I can archive it. I can see that it still happened. It's still there. But I can move on from it. Right. Is that How recent is that? It's just, um, oh, gosh, you're going to, it's in the last 90 days. Okay. Sorry, I put you on the spot. No, that's okay. <laughs> and if I'm if I'm wrong on that, you know, you guys can comment and and tell me. That's totally fine. I, okay. I'm pretty sure it's in the last ninety days because um, I saw that. Now you can archive alert, and I thought, man, this is fantastic. One of the things that I love about Instagram is that I don't I don't think you can have too many hashtags in in <laughs> my world, anyways. And I have fun with them too. Sometimes I just make them up. So um, and it makes my it makes my friends laugh and. Do you have any any comments, uh, <laughs> business-related comments about hashtags and Instagram? All right. If you are a hashtag lover, this is your platform. You can hashtag it up. Um, yes, more hashtags is totally fine. 
The one thing I would say on this is that it's really important that they're relevant. So if you are out on a Sunday at, oh, let's say you are out hiking, um, which is something that we like to do a lot on the weekends. So if you're out hiking, you can put all kinds of relevant hashtags. But if it's a Sunday and I'm hiking and I put Sunday brunch, it's not relevant. And Instagram has actually started doing this new, very quiet process of shadow blocking. And what shadow blocking is, is it is people who are posting on Instagram and they are using trending hashtags that are not relevant to their image. So Instagram will shadow block them, which means they will prevent the number of people who actually get to see your post. They don't like it when you abuse the system. This is a very, very new trend that we're seeing them do, and there's actually tools out there that you can check to see if you're being shadow blocked. So let's say you post something and you're getting a ton of likes and things are looking great and you think you're really growing, and then one day you post something and it's five or ten minutes before anybody even hits the first like button and you're not seeing that reach, there's a good chance that, that you've made a mistake, intentional or not, and you're being shadow blocked. So that's something that I've I've been researching a lot lately and looking at something you know, we can help our clients stay away from, but that, that would be something I'd be wary of. If you're using all the hashtags and there is not a limit on hashtagging and Instagram, so very, very interesting information on that shadow blocking. And like you said, it's so new that it's cool to be able to share with our listeners uh, some newer tips that they might not have heard about. Yeah. One last thing I want to ask you about with hashtagging. I noticed that people will either put their hashtags in the post itself or they will save them and then add them to a comment below shortly thereafter they've posted. What? Why do they do that? Why do they add them to the comments versus just putting them in? I, I've tried it because I thought maybe I was missing out on something, and what I've noticed, I don't know if you have, is that my post won't get in some of the hashtag feeds, and I don't know if it's because of a timing thing, um, but why do, why do people do that? Am I missing out on something? Sure. So, you know, we've offline, we've had this conversation before, and so I, I went back in and did a little research to see what the current information was. So, yes, people will sometimes in their posts, like in the content of where they put their copy, they will include the hashtags there just below the copy, or sometimes they will put them in the comment right after, you know, they'll make their post and then they'll comment with all of their hashtags. At one point in time, it did matter. And it was really important for you to have those hashtags in your post at the same time. What we are starting to see and what I'm, I was reading about now is that now really both will work. Um, if you see something that is working well for you, then I would I would suggest stick to that because it is something, I see it both ways. So I think it really is up to you. One of the things, you know, people were putting it in the comments because they didn't, you know, they didn't like aesthetically how it looked to have their copy and then all these hashtags under it. So that's how it started. Um, now I think Instagram has 
they, they've kind of relented on this one and said, all right, we'll go ahead and put you in the feeds. If you're seeing that, that you're not going into those hashtag feeds, then I would suggest continuing to keep it up in the copy. Um, and it's typically what I try to do in most cases. I can think of one client, for example, that has a lot of relevant hashtags. And, and so a lot of times we'll put some in the copy and then also in a comment. So yeah, it's really, it's, it's up to you. It's your preference and you can play around with it like Amy mentioned and see which, you know, do you see a difference in what's working for you? So just to wrap things up, we've, we, we talked a lot about tips and tricks for more of the DIYer and let's, let's give a tip on if you're working with an agency and, you know, maybe something to look out for or a tip to just better your experience with working with an agency? Yeah, if you're working with an agency, really I think it's important to remember that you share enough of your business expertise with your agency so that they can adopt your voice and that they can provide value-added content on your behalf. You know, content really is collaborative. So what we tend to see is that our clients who give us good, relevant information, you know, and sometimes that's all up front and a one-time thing, and then sometimes it's an ongoing business as their business changes over time, you know, or, or throughout the year as they offer different parts of their services. I'm thinking of one client in particular that we have that's fantastic at providing, you know, how their industry changes over the year, every year, and, and they provide enough information to really help us position them as experts. And it's fantastic. It's not really something that you can just hand over and go, hey, here you go. I think you can find industry-specific agencies. So if you're looking for something like that, then that's definitely available to you. But if you're working with a marketing agency, I think it's really important that it's it's collaborative and that you work with them and it only helps you. It doesn't mean that you have to do the job for them, but, but providing your know-how and your knowledge will really make it such a huge difference for you. One of the things that we do, you know, kind of behind the scenes to help manage that their voice and their collaboration and, 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 and you know, our, our work is we'll put together a content calendar. And that, you know, we, we build it, we have like a template that we start with and then we customize it for that particular client. Then we share that with them in Google Docs. So we have a really nice system. And that might be a really good podcast where we talk about um, how to organize a content calendar, things to think about. So um, let's mark that down, Leanne, to, to talk about um, in one of the upcoming future podcasts. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So speaking of future podcasts, um, we covered a lot this week, and we covered a lot more on tips and tricks for more mostly organic, but there's a whole pay-to-play part of social media marketing, and we didn't even really talk up at all about that. So next week, right, we're going to talk about that? Yeah, that would be great. Okay. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in again to Podcast Three. We will catch you next week. Yep. Have a great week. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Infinite Web Chat. You can find us on social media or by visiting our website, infinitewebdesigns.com. Stay tuned for our future podcasts and discussions.